What have I done, God asks, that my people have gone so far from me? This was God's question in our Jeremiah reading today. What wrong did God do that the people of Israel abandoned him? Well, God hadn't done anything wrong. The people forgot the joy of God, and they abandoned the disciplined life God had given them for an undisciplined life and a harmful life, but a highly attractive life of idolatry and, shall we say, loose living. Easy sex and false gods and living life as though there were no consequences was highly attractive and fun. Still is. It's always highly attractive to uh, live a life without consequences. A very popular song that is out now is called uh, We Can't Stop. And it expresses this idea of simply wanting to have fun and not having to worry so much about the consequences. It's our party, we can do what we want. It's our party, we can say what we want. It's our party, we can love who we want. We can kiss who we want. We can see who we want. Red cups and sweaty bodies everywhere. Hands in the air like we just don't care. Because we came to have so much fun now that somebody might get some now. Yeah, anyway. Love it. But I heard this song at an Episcopal weekend retreat for high school students. Wasn't overly impressed with the song. Kind of nice but um, I kept thinking, that sounds like irresponsible, entitled kids with no respect for themselves or others or their parents, and I realized, oh, God, I just became old. <laughs> How could these kids listen to such terrible music? And I thought about a song that I loved back as a kid from my Beastie Boys cassette tape, which my mom confiscated. I couldn't figure out why it wasn't until I was 20-something and heard those songs again and listened to the lyrics. I thought, that's why she took that tape away. But the song was, You've Got to Fight for Your Right to Party. It was basically the same song as this new one. uh, What's it called? We can't stop. you got to fight for your right to party. Basically the same song, but I never questioned that song. And we heard that song at this weekend retreat as well. I didn't question it then. It's fun. And I don't take the song all that seriously, and I'm not going to live in the manner that that song describes, although part of me wants to. But hearing that song and enjoying that song is a way of catharsis. It's a way of letting out some of my rebellious, irresponsible nature without actually living out my rebellious, irresponsible nature. It's a fun song. Not particularly instructive, but so. But it's fun. And I have a feeling that the high school students at the weekend retreat have a similar experience listening to We Can't Stop, as much as I don't like it, as I did listening to You've Got to Fight for Your Right to Party. So on the one hand... We've got music which describes and even glorifies a way of life that is really rather irresponsible and reprehensible if we were to live it out, but which is highly attractive. And on the other hand, I had some Jehovah's Witnesses come by our house over the weekend. And they knocked on the door, and they let some mosquitoes in to the entryway, and they entered and said they had some pamphlets on prayer. It's a big JW on it. And I informed them that my wife and I are Episcopal priests, and uh, they waxed eloquent then about how wonderful that was. And then they asked me, to whom do I pray? What's the name of God to whom you pray? I don't know. They told me that I ought to pray to God as Jehovah, rather than the forms of address that I use, and that I would find the truth, and blah, 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 and I was not persuaded. Nothing about their presentation was the least bit attractive. 
on down. They talked at me from a memorized script, and they were basically berating me for praying wrong and having an improper and even harmful relationship with God. I didn't call God by his Jehovah's a fake name anyway, mispronunciation of the Hebrew Yahweh, but whatever. Um, but I was hurting God's feelings. So anyway, um, there was no sharing of the joy of God or the joy they had found in God. There was no, certainly no sharing of the joy I had found in God. My beliefs were irrelevant, and my thoughts were irrelevant, other than as a lead-in to the next part of their script. What have I done, God asked, that my people have gone so far from me? Maybe God didn't do anything. Maybe God's people made God look so unattractive that people did start abandoning him in droves. Now, I'm not abandoning God because of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but their, ten, their attempts to prophesize me certainly didn't attract me to God. Based on what they said, I wondered with Kristen last night, why would anyone want to follow God? Look at the general view of God and Christianity by non-Christians, and the general understanding of Christianity by the culture around us. We're all born with an internal hell sentence on our heads, and if we end up believing in Jesus, then we get a get-out-of-hell-free card, and we get to be with God, the same God who's sent us to eternal hell in the first place. That's basically the popular understanding of Christianity. Basically the understanding of Christianity by non-Christians, and that's basically what evangelicals have been preaching for years. Are we surprised then that people aren't flocking to Jesus in droves? Much of non-Christian culture is very attractive. Have fun without consequence. Or, more deeply, have relationships without constant guilt. Seek other people's humanity, even if you have to break a couple of rules in order to do it. Much of Christian rhetoric and proselytizing, on the other hand, has not been especially attractive. Break enough rules and risk going to hell. Don't follow Jesus and risk going to hell. Be good or risk going to hell. It's rather ironic that Jesus came to free us from the bondage of sin. And yet here we are 2,000 years later and much of the church seems still enslaved to sin. Our thoughts consumed by sin. Our theology preoccupied with sin. And our reason even for wanting to be with God often presented as an alternative to sin. Based on how God is often presented, sin just seems like a much better alternative to a lot of people. What have I done, God asks, that my people have gone so far from me? Perhaps we have forgotten our original blessedness and become preoccupied with the false notion of our original sin. When God made us, we were blessed by God. We were declared good. And Jesus came not to make us preoccupied with sin, but to show us our original blessedness and to help us constantly draw nearer to God and live out the kind of life that God intends for us to live, a life of love and concern for God and others. In our Gospel today, Jesus said, when you give a, ba a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. We will also be repaid in this life, blessed in this life, and so will they. The purpose of inviting the poor, the crippled, and the lame, and the blind is not to win points with God 
but to bring blessing to people, to share humanity and love with those who are downtrodden and cast off. Look beyond the poverty and the physical malady of a hum- to a human being, to a human being blessed by God, and realize that we are all blessed by God. That's the message we need to be presenting, with which we need to be inviting people, original blessedness. And if we're going to invite anyone to share our faith or listen to our faith and the ways that we find blessing from Jesus, then unlike the Jehovah's Witnesses who came to my house, well-intentioned people, but we need to actually listen to how others find blessing as well. There are folks who are driven by sex and money and sports, folks who are driven by work, folks who are driven by all sorts of things, And those people are finding meaning, finding something that they need in what they're pursuing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be pursuing those things. And many of the things they're pursuing are not bad things. We simply find that relationship with God and each other, loving God and loving our neighbors and serving others, fills us. We have a feeling that loving God and our neighbors through faith in Jesus might fill other people too. So we need to invite them to share in and hear about the joy and fulfillment that we find in Jesus. Where are our family and friends who are not here? Where are the poor and the crippled and the downtrodden? Have they been invited? Have they been invited to share in our lives and in our relationships with us here and beyond these walls? Have they been invited to share and learn about our faith and about us. Do we find Jesus and our faith in Jesus attractive? And do we express that to others? The folks that are giving their exceedingly unattractive threats of hell are doing a great job. What have I done, God asks, that my people have gone so far from me? What have we done to help attract people back to God? Amen.